0: All right. Thanks, Scott Shannon, and hope you all had a great Memorial Day weekend, 161 days until you become the ultimate jury and you get to make the decision which direction this country will be headed. There's been no bigger choice election in our lifetimes. You hear it all the time. This time it is, well, the biggest choice ever and a lot on the line, our way of life, our our free market capitalist system hanging in the balance. America, as we know it, is either going to, you know, buy into the socialist utopian lie of the left on steroids and human growth hormone at massive doses, or we're going to stay the course, uh, recover from the virus, which we're going to have a lot to say about today. But ultimately, you are you're going to be the ones that make the decision. And Let me just start pointing out if you're from North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, If you live in the great state of Pennsylvania, if you live in Michigan, if you live in Minnesota, if you live in Wisconsin, if you live in Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, uh, the second congressional district of Maine, all eyes and focus are on you because those are the states that will ultimately determine, in my view, based on my analysis and 31 years of doing this, uh, who the uh, whether or not you'll hear the words, that we can now project Donald J. Trump as being reelected the 45th president of the United States. That is going to be your decision, not the media, not the mobs, not the Democrats, as long as we can prevent them from cheating. That's always a little, there's always a little, you know, something in the equation that may pop itself up. I think I have a new Joe Biden favorite. It's not what you think it is, because he did say this weekend, he says any. African-American who backs Trump ain't black. Okay, then he actually said, Biden, I'm going to beat Joe Biden. Let's listen to Joe, the forgetful one.
1: I'm prepared to say that I have a record of over 40 years and that I'm going to beat Joe Biden.
0: I'm going to beat Joe Biden. Now, that might, in a really screwed up world, actually end up being true. Then we have the comment that has gotten so much play. Joe Biden, you know, his deplorables moment. He's now had two of them and uh, saying that, well, I'll play him saying that, well, if you're going to vote for Trump and you're black, you're not black. That You, you
2: ain't black. It's a long way until November. We got more questions.
1: You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't
0: black. Oh. In other words, then you ain't black. The same guy, you can't work at a Dunkin' Donuts 7 Eleven unless you have a slight Indian accent. My state is a slave state. The same guy. That's right. I don't want <laughs> to no, right, play. Them. The same guy that, that goes out there and, and makes the comments, yeah, it's first time you got an African American who's good looking and and clean and articulate. Okay. Uh, Imagine if Donald Trump said any of the above, but this was a disastrous interview. A radio host, Charlemagne, and if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, you ain't black. Okay, imagine if, in fact, that was Trump saying that. Uh, One of the squad members, Congresswoman Omar, says she believes Joe Biden sexually assaulted Tara Reid. That is interesting. Uh, whether or not the mob and the media would ever want to pick up on that. No, they only only if the squad is beating up Donald Trump. Uh, Biden claimed the NAACP had always endorsed him. They say it never happened. Uh, So a little problem there. There was a a, a very powerful response by the head of BET, Black Entertainment Television, co-founded it in uh, 1980. That Biden should spend the rest of his campaign apologizing to every black person he meets. Vice President Biden's statement today represents the arrogant, out-of-touch attitude of a paternalistic white candidate who has the audacity to tell black people, the descendants of slaves, that they're not black unless they vote for him. This proves unequivocally that the Democratic nominee believes that black people owe him their vote without question, even though we as black people know it's the, exactly the opposite. That's why he said he should spend the rest of the campaign, you know, apologizing. Um, what's interesting is the mob, the meat, they just want this to go away. You know, I shouldn't have been such a wise guy. That was one of many excuses. Uh, OK. You know, Charlemagne, you know, made an interesting observation. I believe it was him pushing back the day after this became a public. Um, and he says, you know, I see black communities all across America catching hell, regardless of who's in the White House. The one thing you cannot deny is pre-coronavirus. Well, who who created jobs in the black community, Hispanic community, Asian community, women? If we're going to do demographic politics, identity politics. Women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment. That would be Donald Trump, who set record after record after record because Joe and Barack said those jobs ain't coming back. Well, they didn't do anything to bring the jobs back. And still, by the way, they had a terrible shooting weekend in Chicago this weekend. And all these years later, that problem has never been resolved. And the battle between red states and blue states. Yeah, that's that's only going to heat up now. As, as states like Illinois, New Jersey, New York, and California start demanding massive amounts of money, but yet they keep in place their sanctuary policies, their you know free money for illegal immigrants policies. They care not about the cost, the impact of taxpayers on the educational system, the health care system, and uh, the criminal justice system. Remember, they, they aid in a bet, even those that should be handed over to ICE, they don't allow that. And how often have other crimes been committed in the meantime? I think I think the, I think it's going to be a big deal, the whole issue of the border in this campaign. But that's one hundred and sixty one days away. Look, Biden's not going to get a pass either. I mean, you know, he's going to have to answer for his role in the deep state, his own unmasking of General Flynn. He's going to have to respond. We have new information with John Solomon today that was really mind blowing. What did Obama know? Biden know. When did they know it? He actually has a, a very powerful timeline of FBI documents, some that we've never seen before, newly released uh, text messages with Struck and Page that put Barack Obama in the Obamagate narrative. There are questions that they will both have to ask. Then you got, you know, Joe and, and zero experience Hunter in Ukraine, and you're not getting the billion unless you fire the prosecutor. Then you got a watchdog group raising questions about Chinese influence Uh, as it relates to all things Biden. Uh, And then the big, you know, elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. And that is that is does Joe Biden have the strength, the stamina, the mental alertness, uh, acumen, energy required for the hardest job in the world? Whether you like Donald Trump or don't like Donald Trump, Donald Trump is full of life and energy. He never stops. He's fighting every single day. Joe's been in hiding in his basement throughout the entire coronavirus pandemic. And he can't even do that well because they can't even put a simple podcast up, which, you know, a young kid can put up. Um, We have a lot as it relates to uh, the coronavirus today. Now, look, we all watched all weekend long, all of us, and we saw how people were reacting around the country there is a conflict now between many of the states and their unwillingness to reopen and the people of those states that want to get back to normal life you know there are state legislators now calling into many probes into the nursing home policies we're going to get to new york which is really unique to watch one guy dodge responsibility i've never seen anybody like governor cuomo well we have a list of all the excuses he's made but anyway the California's reopening plan discriminates against places of worship, according to the Justice Department. Then you have state legislat- legislatures now calling for probes into the nursing home policies. Interestingly, all blue states, all blue states. It, it is it is an unmitigated disaster what they have done, forcing covid-19 patients into long term care facilities for the elderly and nursing homes. It has resulted in thousands and thousands and thousands of deaths. And for Cuomo, now apparently he's deleted his own executive order from March 25th. But on the 29th, he was followed by the governor of New Jersey forcing these patients into nursing homes. Then not to be outdone, they did the same thing in the state of Pennsylvania. And then, you know, then we have shut down Whitmer. I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable. The worst handling of this, short of New York, of any other governor in the country. And I'm watching all this unfold. This can't even happen, but it is. And that's the scary part. Uh, we've got a scandal in Michigan in terms of the, a, a nursing home attack there in the Detroit area. A brutal beating of a Detroit nursing home uh, man that took place, 75 years old. But if you go around the country, it, well, then we have the embattled governor, Whitmer now is in hot water because her own husband is requesting that uh, made a specific boat request. Uh, Can I put my boat in the water? Does it matter if my wife's the governor? Yikes. I think that's pushed a lot of people down. But citizens are pushing back against lockdown orders all around the country. The lockdowns continue to hurt in other ways as well. California doctors saw, quote, a year's worth of suicides last month amid coronavirus lockdown uh we'll get to that in a second there's a study that came out that i want to share with you i'll ask dr oz about it today uh then of course the new york times and their big article which they had to make a correction on toilet paper times wrong again because they included in their list of coronavirus deaths suspected homicide victims whoopsie daisy how would that ever happen and cnn is offering great advice Posting guidelines: How to safely avoid a sunburn in the age of coronavirus? Huh? How to safely avoid a sunburn in the age of coronavirus? Um, Linda, did you see this? This poor woman at a, at a shopping at a you know whatever grocery store in Staten Island. I saw and she a... didn't wear a mask. Oh man, it's horrible. Why they, they chased chase this woman down the aisles. It's absolutely Get out of here! Disgusting. Get out of here!
3: It's disgusting.
0: Listen to this. We'll show it tonight. Yeah, bro, the like a dirty get out, get out. And they're like chasing this lady. I think people could be a little nicer about it, but that's, you know, New York's been through a lot. Uh, Virginia Governor Northam, he's now under fire for a Virginia beach visit without a mask that he's insisting everybody else wear. Do as I say, not as I do. And Gretchen Lockdown Whitmer tried to go boating while uh, ordering Michigan residents to stay home. Whoopsie-daisy. I don't think that's going over too well in the great state of Michigan. Uh, We have all these field hospitals in New York being dismantled, despite beds apparently still being needed. That doesn't make sense either. In South Carolina, there was a parade of boats. Somebody, a friend of mine, sent me a video of this. It was massive. Uh, Thousands of, of boats, it looked like to me. But, you know, Trump 2020 flags. Uh, We now have disinfected dice. Vegas now is preparing to open up. They're using a lot of the plexiglass, having people in masks and disinfected dice if they want to start playing again for people that like to play. Um, So we'll get to that. There was this very scary study that the coronavirus shutdown has been twice as deadly as the virus itself. Now, this study comes to us care authored by dr scott atlas physician senior fellow stanford university uh hoover institution john burge professor of university chicago booth school of business ralph keeney who's a professor emeritus at in business at duke university and engineering at the university of southern california alexander lipton a visiting professor and dean's fellow at jerusalem business school and hebrew university of jerusalem and what they're concluding is this study, the nationwide economic shutdown prompted by corona, has been far more deadly than the virus itself. Now they're talking about 195,000 U.S. deaths over the three months of lockdown so far. Uh, we'll put it up on Hannity.com if you want to read the specifics of it and then make your own mind up. Uh, we do have a special amount of stuff happening in the great state of New York that really needs its own segment, we'll get to. Uh, but we have a big show today. Glad you're with us. Hope you had a good weekend. Um, I'm standing by my position, and I know some people complaining. I'm just saying I am choosing myself after seeing everything that I've seen, after watching everything I've watched. That if I'm around a lot of people in close proximity, I'll wear a mask. That's it. If you want, if you care about other people, I recommend you do the same. If you don't want to, then don't, because ultimately. People are going to decide what level of risk they want to take on themselves. But remember, your decision could impact the lives of somebody else, somebody that is more vulnerable than you are. And it's only a short period of time. And if it opens up football stadiums, especially in baseball stadiums, I'll be happier. It is getting really, really obscene and absurd in New York. Um, I have been saying there's a couple of things happening. You have irresponsible, high taxed, heavily regulated states like New York, like New Jersey, uh, like Michigan, uh, Illinois, California, all these states that now are going to be looking to the federal government to, to bail them out of all of their waste, fraud, abuse, economic malfeasance. Uh, of taxpayer dollars, wasted taxpayer dollars in terms of bailouts. Red states should not do that. Like, for example, they're writing checks in California to illegal immigrants for coronavirus relief on top of everything else they provide for illegal immigrants that didn't respect our borders, our laws, our sovereignty. In New York City, they're now offering curbside delivery of methadone to addicts, if you happen to be one. The New York governor has now deleted his March 25th executive order forcing nursing homes to admit receiving uh, recovering coronavirus patients. It's like it never happened. We'll explain on the other side. 25 till the top of the hour, 800 941 if you want to be a part of the program. So I've never seen anybody deflect blame on any one issue more than the governor of New York. Not one time. Look, the, the bottom line is there, there was truth to what Governor Cuomo said, and that is the models were wrong. The, the, the experts were wrong. There's a lot of people wrong on a lot of different levels here now. OK, I see Anthony Fauci is now so, saying most of the country's reopening is doing so in a in a prudent way. Um, even the state of Georgia seems to be doing really, really well. Even NBC Nightly News ran a report which gave an upbeat assessment of Georgia. We know the same is happening in Florida. Um, we now have uh, a Democratic representative lawsuit challenging the Illinois governor's lockdown, insane, inane policies. Uh, that would be Bobby Rush discussed the Trump administration supporting Republican in the lawsuit Uh, against this, you know, Pritzker's stay-at-home order. Uh, Castro is, you know, interesting. The Trump virus corona one of the worst failures in the history of our country. Yeah, okay. Julian Castro, like he doesn't have an agenda. Um, Now, there are some governors that just refuse to move. New Jersey Governor Murphy on protesters demanding to reopen the state. They don't sway me. Okay, that's up to you. But don't expect American taxpayers to bail you out when when you stay closed longer than other states and you refuse to put into play what this is not the federal government's responsibility at this point. This is now your responsibility, um, just like it was the responsibility of New York. Look, New York had no preparation. They had nothing. And they were out there telling the mayor of New York, telling everybody, go out on the town in early March. Here are my recommendations. Go out on the town uh mid-march he's saying yes yeah, uh, the danger is still low but we could still look at dr fauci's the gold standard who i happen to have a lot of respect for but he didn't get it right either it is late as march saying you don't need to wear a mask okay i don't i think everybody got it wrong doesn't mean that there's not a chance for a rebound just the opposite we now know rebounds are real we now know that there can be hot spots that pop up we've gotten better at managing them when they do but at the end of the day, people are going to make their own decisions. I have, been, I have been blown away, frankly, by some of the innovation of people to open up their businesses. And I was first blown away. I, I had my doubts about Georgia's opening at the time that they did. And I would say Governor Kemp is right and I was wrong. When I saw how they were doing manicures, etc., I said, wow, that's really smart. You had a social distance. You had a plexiglass. Everybody's in masks. The person that is doing the manicure... Uh, has gloves on, you have wipes and sanitizer pretty much everywhere. I know, for example, the control rooms where I work, I mean, they are literally using antivirals after every single show is done uh, to protect people. I love that. Those are things that we can now have going forward. Um, But the reality is, you know, Cuomo then blamed, if you remember one point, he blamed the nursing homes. Well, yeah, you really wanted the patients because you're going to get the money. And then when the nursing homes complained that they weren't prepared for COVID-19 patients that he was forcing into their facilities by an executive order that he signed on March 25th and they didn't have PPE, he blamed them. That's not my problem. The same guy screaming, I need 40,000 ventilators. Now, out of all excuses, now he's trying to blame Donald Trump for sending all these patients to nursing homes where, you know, 6,000 or more, we can't even fully calculate nursing home patients died. Uh, Donald Trump didn't sign that executive order. Meanwhile, Donald Trump built the hospitals for you, manned the hospitals for you, sent the Navy ship hospital comfort for you, manned that also, converted the Javits Center 3,000-bed hospital to accept COVID-19 patients. The same converted the, the hospital ship comfort, changed the whole ventilation systems in these, in these areas. Not an easy task. And why they would force people that had COVID-19 into nursing homes that were screaming they're not prepared. And this ends up being fully where like a third of all deaths take place. It was like it ended up being a death sentence for people. Now, do I think people did it on purpose? I don't think so. I would never want to believe people would be that evil. Do I think they were stupid? Yeah, I think they were really stupid. And there's going to be a probe of the handling of all of these states. New Jersey follows Cuomo's lead four days later on March 29th. The Pennsylvania Governor, Wolf, does it on April 6th. Whitmer's just been a mess from day one. But if you look at all the information that we're finding here, I mean, you know, in terms of deaths, nearly 6,000 in New York, 5,000 in New Jersey, uh, 3,000 in Pennsylvania. I mean... Michigan is currently only confirming COVID-19 cases statewide in nursing homes, but not deaths. I wonder what that is going to end up being. But, but all of these states did the opposite of what they did right in Georgia, Florida. Governor DeSantis, I think it's the highest grades. Governor Abbott right behind him of Texas. I mean, who sent COVID-19 positive patients into nursing homes? Governor Cuomo, it wasn't Trump. Trump. You had 2,000 empty beds at the Javits Center. You could have used those. If you needed more beds, Trump would have built you more because he sent you every ventilator you needed that you didn't, you didn't listen to your own task force for. He sent you all the respirators you needed. He sent, We never ran out of ventilators. We never ran out of any of the PPE. And it was a scramble to get it all. But he got it done because manufacturers never shut down. If they did... That medical equipment, none of it would have existed. He used the Defense uh, Production Act as, as part of the means of getting help from businesses if they weren't cooperating already on their own. Most didn't need need that. They were, they were glad to, you know, all hands on deck. Uh, okay, I'll agree Cuomo was right. The coronavirus projections were wrong. You know, there's one headline in the New York Post, Andrew Cuomo managed to kill grandma and New York's economy with it. Let me tell you the next thing that's going to happen, because I'm here in New York, and I am telling you, this is going to be a new normal. Businesses now can literally watch how many seconds somebody working from home is online. They know exactly how much work people are putting in. So that means that, well, okay, businesses are going to look at the tax structure in New York, the burdensome regulations in New York, and... You know, all of the expensive real estate of New York, for example, per square foot, higher than any other city in the entire country. And businesses are going to say, why do I want to stay here, pay a premium and rent when I could get it for, you know, two thirds off the price they're currently paying in another state, that they could move their company headquarters to a tax friendly state, one that doesn't have all those burdensome bureaucracy. They can literally let half their workforce or more work from home. Now, employees, they're going to love it. They'll love the flexibility. They'll love that they can have more wide-open spaces. They'll love that if they want to get up early and do a big part of their work, go work out, eat lunch, uh, take a nap, go back to work, they can their, their lifestyle is going to change dramatically, and they'll be paying less money in rent or less money for property that they may want to buy. But it is a, uh, you know, they're in for a day of reckoning. And it's not just New York. They've already been losing more population than any other state in the Union. California right behind them. New Jersey right behind them. Michigan right behind them. And if you don't think it can happen, think back to Detroit, Motown. I mean, in Detroit, they fully lost uh, uh, 50% of their population. You may remember that there was huge debates about bulldozing entire neighborhoods in the Detroit area and suburbs for the purpose of consolidating services and, and people were selling homes for a dollar on eBay. That's how worthless these neighborhoods became. So if you don't think it can happen, it can happen. And I don't care if it's New York. New York will always bounce back. I'm not so sure. Maybe it won't bounce back. Because I'm, I am really now for the first time fully under full-on consideration of getting out of here. It's not worth it anymore. I'm not even wanted in this state. Cuomo said he doesn't want people like them, people like me, that are conservative and pro Second Amendment and pro life. Uh, sorry, I am who I am. I thought New York was all about openness, but apparently not. Um, there's going to be a, a wave of lawsuits based on these executive orders that may in and of themselves bankrupt a lot of these states. You watch lawsuits that that's only just beginning. But all these, th- you know, we're talking about a full third of people now that are that are dead because of this virus, because we did not protect. And the one thing they did get right, the elderly were the most vulnerable. Now, things changed throughout the coverage of the virus in terms of what the experts were telling us. And at one point, Cuomo had even reported, well, we, we first heard it wasn't about young people. Now it's showing signs it might be impacting young people. Now, thankfully, that, didn't, that model didn't play out the way we thought at that moment. But it did. One thing that was consistent is older people, underlying medical conditions, those with compromised immune system were most at risk to bring the virus into the nursing homes where those vulnerable people were, was dumb. Ron DeSantis mobilized every state agency and even the National Guard in in Florida for the purpose of protecting the most vulnerable. And then I go through, okay, why, Hannity, do you insist that people should wear masks? I'm not insisting on anything. I am saying for the short term, for me, uh, my independent decision, that I wouldn't want to get somebody else sick. And if it means that we're going to be a little safer and prevent other people from dying for a short period of time till we get a full handle on this, I'm willing to do it if it means I can go to a concert in an amphitheater or a baseball game or a football game. I'm willing that that's worth the price of admission for me. But everybody else will have to make up their own mind. Now, if I go shopping and I see a lady that doesn't have a mask on, I'm not going to go chasing her down the aisles like they did in Staten Island. I think it's nuts. And some people have lost their minds. I think she should very politely be asked to put on a mask. If she's unwilling to do it, then you say, well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to come back another day. But, you know, why do we want to have these showdowns? So many people want to be their own police force. But I understand that a lot of people are still scared. Um, it's, you know, it's difficult to tell if the country may need, you know, more measures in place at a later date. We don't know. We do know that there, that er, there is a phenomenon of rebound for the sake of elderly people you may get into contact with. You might want to wear the mask for them, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to do. Um, But I'll tell you, the churches have had it. They're even social distancing and putting people in masks, and they're still not allowed to open. And this could change the, look, if I'm right, and I see people leaving these big metropolises, these, you know, highly taxed, regulated states, New York, California, that waste money everywhere, New Jersey, Michigan, I just hope the people that move out of these states don't bring their liberal policies with them. And ruined states like Texas, Florida, the Carolinas, or Georgia. I hope these people, if they're going to go, don't make the same mistakes from the place from which you came from. And a lot of people seem capable of that. Um, On some deep state news, we're going to get into more details of this in a little bit. Uh, Finally, Director Ray has been heard from. And he's ordered an internal review in the Flint investigation a little late for my liking. Andrew Muller is uh, back. Uh, yep, and uh, with Andrew Weissman. Remember, he was the pit bull of Mueller. Anyway, he's now going to headline a Joe Biden virtual fundraiser. Well, that's nice to know. As far as General Flynn, we have a lot of developments. More on Flynn and and Susan Rice and the declassification uh, process email. Um, A flashback of Rice denying knowledge of Flynn's surveillance. Uh, I would say it's just like Benghazi all over again. Uh, Now the battle over Judge Emmett Sullivan is is heating up in a pretty big way. And now the D.C. Court of Appeals is demanding that Judge Emmett Sullivan explain his actions in detail. And as Matt Whitaker, who's going to join us sometime in the next hour, said, there's no discretion of Judge Emmett Sullivan to not dismiss the case once the Department of Justice decided to no longer pursue the charges. So something uh, nefarious is going on there. John Solomon, who will join us, has a great piece out how FBI documents put uh, Barack Obama in the Obama Gate narrative more than ever before. And he's now gotten new, never released before, struck page messages that he's going to tell us about. Uh, and we found out also over the weekend that the FBI opened the Russia probe on third-hand suggestions of collusion. One FBI executive said that this one memo that started it all should never have been opened up in a million years. Well, that's the, that's an understatement, I guess, at this point. All right, Sean, uh, we will have a coronavirus medical update. We all watched a lot of what went on this weekend. We'll get Dr. Oz's take on on how he sees the reopenings going and whether or not people are doing the right thing, wrong thing. More importantly, his advice for you and your family, what should you decide? Everyone else is going to make their own decisions. What is best for you and your family and your health and the health of people you love? All right, load it up. All right. So how do you make your personal medical decision? We'll update things with Dr. Oz, our our medical aid team. When we get back, Uh, we have Matt Whitaker. I mean, he was very strong in his defense Of the Department of Justice and their decision to end this uh, witch hunt against General Flynn. Uh, John Solomon, his story about how this all goes to Obama's Oval Office, and Greg Jarrett coming up.
4: Florida has the absolute best data. So any insinuation otherwise is just typical partisan narrative trying to be spun. And part of the reason is that because you got a lot of people in your profession who waxed poetically for weeks and weeks about how Florida was gonna be just like New York. Wait two weeks, Florida's gonna be next. Just like Italy, wait two weeks. Well, hell, we're eight weeks away from that and it hasn't happened. We've succeeded and I think that people just don't want to recognize it because it challenges their narrative, it challenges their assumption.
0: And that was uh, Florida Governor DeSantis. Even NBC News had to recognize that what they did um, in Georgia looked successful. I mean, you know, that, that probably killed them to do it. Um, but states now struggling to, to reopen. I, I think it was the Ozarks, the beaches in Missouri, I think, that I saw so many people out there. Um, not a lot of social distancing. And very few people with masks on. I'm, I, look, I'm not going to, I'm not telling anybody how to live their lives. I'm not. But I I just, I would urge a little more caution. Rebounds are real for this. I, I'm willing to do it for the sake of opening the country as safely as possible. Because it's only short term. And get to a baseball game and a football game before they close down everything uh, and all things. But... Um, So we have some. We see what Florida did. And again, we go back. Florida, they surrounded the vulnerable, the old people, long term care facilities, nursing homes, every state agency, National Guard. That's where they put all of their efforts and focus. And it paid off. I was skeptical of Georgia Governor Kemp, I would argue, on his reopening Uh, He was right. When I saw the first images of nail salons, I was impressed when I see the images of what they're trying to do to open casinos in Vegas. I'm pretty impressed what I see for restaurants and how they're reopening some of those with plexiglass, more distancing. But they're reopening. uh, I'm impressed with that also. Uh, Is it going to be perfect? Absolutely not. It's not going to be perfect. Anyway, here is Dr. Oz uh, with us, part of our medical aid team well-known for the Dr. Oz Show, friend of the program. How are you, sir?
5: Doing very well. You know, you said it so perfectly, and you look around at the places that were the biggest risk uh, locations, which were hospitals like mine and hospitals of Boston, other major mecca areas where uh, you need to separate people who had COVID-19 from other people who really couldn't afford to get it. And these protective techniques used were incredibly effective. And fundamentally, wearing a mask, Social distancing, washing your hands, the same thing you can do at home, and it works. Now, it's not perfect, as you say, but you can keep those brush fires relatively small. And if we can do it in the hospital where there's no room for air, and they can do it in Florida, in the nursing homes as an example in general, we should be able to do that around the country and not throw away all this wonderful effort that's been made at a great cost to keep the country safe.
0: Yeah, you know, I tweeted out a picture, as I've been anecdotally saying. I, I go grocery shopping once, twice a week, and I, every time I go, I see this kid, Robert. And I tweeted a picture of him. He was stocking the shelves, as he has all throughout this period of time. Uh, I asked him and others in the store, did anybody contract corona? No. They all wear masks. Many are wearing shields. I see most workers, even the cashiers with gloves on. They have plexiglass that separate, although I, don't, I usually don't check out myself but they have plexiglass set up for cashiers that are dealing directly with customers nobody in the store dr oz by just wearing the mask nobody got coronavirus knock on wood thank god
5: which again gives us confidence in the states that are opening uh you know and there's the there's the things the governors need to do the best possible make sure we have enough tests if possible that the technology solutions are coming up there there are lots of things we can talk about so the cows come home but you win this battle like most health battles in your home, in your kitchen, your living room, your bedroom. Who do you invite in there? What do you do when they're there? Do you keep an open-air experience? Do you, do you keep the six feet away? It's not hard to do. Uh, it's, a, it's not the normal thing, but you can do it. And all of a sudden, you begin to see people sort of getting comfortable with that. I, I've noticed that no one tries to shake my hand anymore. It used to be, and you're probably the same thing. You go, you go out to get something, and you try to socially distance. You get your mask on. Someone runs up and says, oh, can I shake your hand? But no, not now. That's not personal. And
0: yeah, no, want to ask no, that, no, you can't shake my anymore. hand. Stay away from me. Get away. Um, <laughs> you you. Uh, you know, uh, look, I, I'm not going to drag into the political arena, but forcing, forcing patience by, through state executive orders. New York did it. New Jersey did it. Pennsylvania did it. Michigan did it. They had the worst results. You know, California did not do that to Governor Newsom's credit. This isn't a red versus blue, except putting COVID, forcing nursing home, long-term care facilities. That, that's a lesson we learned not to do. That, that ended up being a disastrous policy. But if, if the masks work to that extent, that you work all throughout the pandemic in a grocery store with all the people from all over the epicenter coming into your store every day and nobody contracts it, Anecdotally, does that give us the freedom to consider opening up the stadiums? As you know, I'm focused on like a laser beam um, for baseball and football and basketball, etc.
5: If you would, if you could find a way of taking folks who are vulnerable and getting them not to come, yeah, I can get behind that because if there was an error, if someone jumped up and down yelling about their favorite team, mask slips off and the stuff because the mask is protecting people around you, not you as much, and so. If that were to happen, then you're getting a bunch of young, healthy folks sick. So that we know that natural history is overwhelmingly they'll be okay. Yeah, but I, I, what I wouldn't want to do is take my father-in-law, who I love dearly, who's in his 80s, to a baseball game or a football game. because. All right, now, he, now he, in this
0: litigious age, how do we say no to Grandpa? How do you tell Grandpa when he goes up with his ticket, you can't come in, even if you wear well, the I mask? A couple, couple ideas. Same
5: thing for planes, by the way. Imagine this you're saying and I'm just making this up as we as we go but you could imagine say, okay you're in a higher risk group you get to come in first you don't there're special rules that are that are stricter no one can sit next to you you got to keep empty seats here and there you're going to get your little oh you know it's not the, you know maybe where you normally sit but you can come in that way so you get to partake but it's not going to be the party atmosphere it's a much more secluded experience protected experience and a safer experience Yeah that you say, okay, so all the 75-year-olds and older, you guys come in first. You don't, you're not waiting for anybody. You go right to the back of the airplane where you get on first, you get off last because that way no one can touch you and, you, and you get you get an extra seat next to you. That's a little dib because we love you so much. You can imagine smart people coming up with better ideas than I can ever make, but I just don't think it's wise. And look, we got there's an, another trial to, uh, talked about today. That's why the market was going up so high. Uh, another vaccine coming up. We, we only have at least eight vaccines in clinical trials. I, I've lost count, but it's in, in that range. But, you know, we're going to have answers by early 2021. We're talking, you're not going to even miss a whole season of anything. But I don't want to expose, you know, an, an 80 year old with diabetes and hypertension to a virus. It's just not wise for the family to do that. And even if they're desperately wanting to be with their, and I know it's hard because we're dealing with it, and people, you know, older folks want to be with younger people, bring them life. So you can still be with people. You can be around them. Just don't, you know, go, don't congregate more than 10, 12, 15 in, in that range. If you're high risk.
0: And now that it's the warmer weather, people can go outside. That makes social distancing and fresh air even even better. What about ventilation for airplanes? Um, are there ways? I mean, this may sound nuts, and I don't care if people laugh at me. I mean, is there a way, perhaps, for older people that they there could be oxygen availability if they need it you know, on airplanes, for example?
5: I don't. I don't know how much of a problem the airplane air is. I. The last I looked into it, half the air comes from outside where there's no COVID-19 virus at thirty five, forty thousand 40,000 feet. The other half comes from within the airplane, but it's recirculated to a HEPA filter that clears out 99% plus of the air. And I think, I don't know this, but I think those two combined efforts should really dissipate the amount of virus. The problem isn't that. The the problem, and by the way, if anyone else, turn that little air vent on above your head and aim it at your chest. That'll pull all the air away from... That's coming at you from the people next to you because that's who's going to, the people going to infect you are the six, pe- you know, the people right around you, to your left, to your right, in the front, we're rolling, right, the row right in front, the row right in back. That's who's going to infect you. And if everyone's wearing a mask, which I've been looking at plane protocols and that's what they're, you know, I think they're going to ask, you know, wear a mask to protect people around you, aim that air at your chest. Yeah, you could probably give them oxygen, but I got to say, it's, by the time you put the oxygen on and off you mess it up and you, you get a yeah, I... the oxygen, it's not worth it what did you just see impossible. this weekend
0: that concerns you because i'm sure you like me watched a lot of the images from around the country the things that you were watching that you didn't like what you saw
5: well, I just, so I, I saw that photo of the ozarks in the little video that that was petrifying to me because it's just flying I, and i'm not even everyone looked young by the way so i i gathered there on purpose say hey listen we're young and healthy and we don't care, but that's not I don't think it was case. a beach.
0: I think it was a packed pool party. It wasn't, a, it wasn't the beach. I'm actually looking at the video now on Fox. No, I, I thought meant, it was the I beach. Meant,
5: I, meant it was, yeah, I meant pool party. It wasn't a beach. It, you're right. It was uh, like you can see the boats off to the side of it. And it's a, you know, circular little pools, and they're having a good time. But that's not what scared me, actually. What bothered me is something that I read, not that I saw. The University of Amsterdam has been doing these tests on, on males who have sore throats, and they've been doing it for 35 years. And the, the purpose of the test was to figure out whether you actually are immune from getting another one of these coronaviruses that cause sore throat or not. And what they concluded was that most people were reinfected within three years. And uh, you really weren't that much, you weren't safe enough after 12 months. So to me, that means if you've gotten infected now and you got through it, maybe you have six to 12 months of you know, pretty high quality protection. So we need to get a vaccine for you and for everybody else. I don't, we can't tell this for sure because these sore, sore throat coronaviruses aren't the same as the COVID-19. But it makes me concerned that we're going to have to get a vaccine every year. Because if we're able to forget that we had a sore throat, the actual virus, we might forget this vaccine as well.
0: Is this going to, like, traumatize the nation? I mean, we, we, lo- we lose tens of thousands of Americans every year to the flu. And I'm, a, I'm very pro-life. Every life is precious. You try to save every life. By the way, on a side note, I want to tell I know a very specific case you worked on and you are on the phone day and night regularly uh, monitoring the prog- process of a, a friend of a friend of mine that was on a ventilator and traked for over six weeks and now finally has gone home. I mean, thank you for well, that. It's a cr-
5: well, it's credit to your family because they played an important role and to the physicians who were personally uh, devastated by what they were going through, both in this case and others around them, and they managed to to find... <laughs> Find God and, you know, just keep going when most would have just said, I can't do it anymore. I mean, the post-traumatic stress disorder these folks were coping with was remarkable. But they they pulled her through and many, many more like her.
0: Right. So if you're advising your own family, what do you tell the younger people?
5: I tell the young folks not to be stupid because I don't want to infect their grandparents who they loved dearly. But I want them to start living their life. I want want them to go to the beach and go fishing. Don't party it up. I don't want that Ozark pool scene. Um, but if you're with, you know, five of your friends and you're all six feet away from each other or you're wearing masks, your choice. I think the six feet away is a little easier. And you're outdoors, so it's ventilated. And we know the air carries, around, carries you off the cloud of sputum with virus in it that we all make when we speak. Then I think that's a reasonable thing to do. I, I, we need to offer young people something that's rational or, or else they're just not going to do it. And we're going to get a whole scale rebellion because that's what young people do. They re- rebel. And if they understand if it makes sense. Then, then so far my kids have gone along with it. They say, all oh, right, hey, you know, I, I get those things. That doesn't make sense to me, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that, but that does make sense. And so we've cobbled together a, a, a practice that works in our life, and I think every family needs to have that discussion. Don't assume it's going to happen, because what I'm willing to do at my age is not what my 20-year-old son's willing to do. Thank
1: goodness.
0: Oh, then I get the – I'm sorry, I accidentally hit the mute button. Um, and then I accidentally – my kids are following the protocols thankfully. And, uh, you know, um, I, I think people have been genuinely fearful of this. For that reason, I understand it. But Dr. Oz, as always, you've been great. We appreciate all that you're doing. I hope, People, I hope you make good decisions. Error on the side of caution. For me, it's about other people. I think the idea, you know, it, I think it's going to be a short term from now until the time that we're past this completely, that we're going to, be able to open, that life will go back to normal. In the meantime, you want to prevent any rebounds as much as possible Uh, because people are opening up whether governments tell them not to. They're still opening.
6: And then there's a published report, and I can't uh, comment on whether it's accurate or not, that Flynn's name may never have been masked to begin with. Um, Well, that really blows a big hole in what Grinnell has been trying to do, which is establish some theory that they were trying to unmask Flynn so that they could, I don't know, persecute Flynn. Uh, and, and now there are public reports that he wasn't even masked to begin with in that uh, call uh, with the Russians. So, this is the problem, I think, when you're trying to weave an alternate history, and that is the facts keep getting in the way. Uh, At the end of the day, what Rick Grinnell is trying to do, and he's the most partisan figure ever to run uh, any intelligence agency, at least in my lifetime, what he's trying to do is the Steve Bannon model of just flooding the zone with excrement, Uh, and and Bannon used a stronger word, but that's essentially what Rick Grinnell is trying to do, and what Bill Barr is trying to do, and what the whole counter-narrative effort is designed to do. that is so muddy the waters that people can't ferret out the truth anymore.
0: Uh, speaking of not being able to ferret out the truth, that is the corrupt, compromised, congenital liar, Adam Schiff himself. I mean, now we know that he was given direct testimony from one, one Obama administration official after another before the House Intelligence Committee. All of them saying the same thing. No, we, we found nothing. No Trump-Russia collusion. No Trump-Russia collusion. I mean, all across the board. I mean, you got you got Clapper and and Power and and Susan Rice. All these people. Then you can go back to Struck and Page. Uh, yeah, there was no there there. Um, yeah, after nine months, we had nothing uh, of the FBI investigation. Although we believe it was started much earlier, as does I think Senators uh, uh, Grassley and Ron Johnson. But you know it's right there what he was being told when he was being told and the lies he was telling on TV and the mob and the media just they they ate it all up every lie he told and not once have they gone back to say he lied to us Devin Nunes told the country the truth anyway here uh, now is former acting attorney general author of above the law the inside story how the Justice Department tried to subvert President Trump um, and we have a lot of issues to talk with. Matt Whitaker is back with us. How are you, sir? Hi, Sean. You, just looking at what we know, Adam Schiff knowingly told the American people the truth, uh, t- told the American people lies. The people that testified under oath were telling him the truth, even from the Obama administration. How does he get away with that when so many people are, you know, are getting you know, early morning raids with men in tactical gear and CNN cameras?
7: Yeah, he has no credibility. He is a proven liar. Everyone that sat in those hearings, and now we're hearing since the transcripts have been released, everyone knew that no one in the Obama administration had any evidence of Russian collusion. It has been a Russian collusion fable that for three years we were fed a counter narrative. And the fact that with a straight face, Adam Schiff can complain about the truth finally getting out, I think that is rich. And, you know, I think the only way. That anybody hears what he has to say is because he's run over four people to get to the closest camera and microphone.
1: All true.
0: All right. So, as it relates to now General Flynn, what did you think of the hiring of Justice
7: Kavanaugh's attorney by Judge Sullivan? I think Judge Sullivan's out on a limb. You know, he is not following the rules of criminal procedure, he's not following the law. I've heard, you know, Sidney Powell talk about this very extensively the fact that, you know, sort of the. The the law is not being followed. The law is quite simple. Federal rules of criminal procedure govern it's rule 48. As a former U.S. attorney, I know how that works. We've used it many times to dismiss cases. I just think, you know, we, this judge just needs to follow the law so that we can restore some semblance that the system works and that just uh, that General Flynn can finally get some justice.
0: Let's talk about and, and there really isn't discretion when the DOJ wants to drop a case. I mean, I mean, does the judge have the discretion he seems to act like he has by by bringing in this former retired judge, Clinton appointee, who had already written publicly that he feels that it shouldn't happen? So it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, Now, the D.C. Circuit, how does this now play out? He has a June 1st deadline himself.
7: Yeah, so a writ of mandamus has been sought uh, from the appeals court to tell Judge Sullivan to do his job and dismiss the case. He has created an extra ju- judicial process that's not consistent with the law, not consistent with the rules, and I fully expect that this Court of Appeals, you know, Judge Henderson, Wilkins, and Rao, are going to order Judge Sullivan to dismiss this case because he has no discretion. He can't create an, a different prosecutor that's not the Department of Justice and not in the executive branch to pursue these charges against Judge Flynn. And I, you know, I look forward to the day that Judge Flynn uh, gets this nightmare behind him and, you know, can rebuild his reputation as a, a true patriot.
0: Well, I, I would agree with one problem. Uh, where do you go to get your good name back in a situation like this? The Ray Donovan infamous quote, you, you don't. And if, as you look at now, big picture, everything that we now know is true as it relates to General Flynn. Uh, what is our goal here? Is our goal to get an admission or to get him to lie so we can prosecute or get him fired? Should that ever be the role of a special agent FBI director? Should it also be, you know, where are the sanctions or laws regarding Miranda rights if, if General Flynn calls the deputy FBI director and says, do I need a lawyer? No. Or James Comey bragging on a on stage, that he sent in the agents to take advantage of chaos—something he wouldn't do or get away with in past administrations.
7: You're right. I mean, Jim Comey was acted above the law, inconsistent with the past practice, did not follow the rules, and I thought it was so important. Even though I know a lot of people, it was it was way too late. I was very important that Chris Ray has appointed uh, a group to look at how the General Flynn prosecution was conducted, because ultimately that filing for his dismissal over 100 pages outlined just really outrageous conduct on the department of justice and the way that they framed set up and otherwise went after general flynn that wasn't material anything he said was not material to an open investigation he there was no predication for him to be under investigation this can't happen like this it never should have happened like this and you know again this is not a matter of whether you're for or against General Flynn being prosecuted. This is whether you're for justice or not. And I think justice demands, and and General Barr outlined that justice demands that General Flynn be dismissed.
0: When you look at the overall big picture and the dirty dossier, bulk of information, FISA applications, premeditated fraud, uh, and then the final two renewal applications, you even had interviewed the subsource that basically ripped apart Christopher Steele's dossier himself, later Steele disowned his own dossier, Uh, then the scope memo of Rod Rosenstein, who signed the fourth FISA application, again, bulk of information being the dirty dossier Hillary pays for. At what point do these guys, and who would you say, should be worried that there might be a price to pay legally? Who do you see in legal jeopardy in any of this?
7: Well, all the names that you uh, outline, all the folks on the cover of my book, McCabe, Comey, Strzok, I think there are so many people that acted inconsistent with the law. We have both the review from the FBI. We have uh, U.S. Attorney Durham looking at the origins. He has targets of his criminal investigation. That is good news. And I think ultimately, I know, again, I think it's too late or it's very late, but I think the American people are going to finally have some accountability from the FBI and from the Department of Justice because there are so many men and women that honorably serve in those roles that also want accountability for those that broke the laws and didn't follow the rules.
0: All right, Matt Whitaker, congrats on the book, former Acting Attorney General uh, of the United States. His book, by the way, Above the Law, the Inside Story, how the Justice Department tried to subvert President Trump, Uh, and hopefully justice is coming. We're seeing bits and pieces of this coming out daily. Uh, thank you, sir, for being with us. Good luck with the book. Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores when they open near you. Uh, Leanne is in Woodland, Texas. Leanne, hi. How are you? Glad you called.
3: Hi, Sean. Uh, thank you for everything you and your staff do, shining a light on everything going on. Um, I just had to say, I, I was watching uh, Biden the other day being interviewed, and he was saying something like, you know, I know nothing, I I, I see nothing, and it reminded me. That Sergeant Schultz character on Hogan's Heroes from back in the day and everything going on, you know, he's right there. And yet when he gets put on the spot, you know, in an interview, it's like, I see nothing, I know nothing. And then it turns out he was actually one of the people literally in the room when this discussion was going on in early January. And it's just it just astounds me. And I was also um, the uh, FBI director. I think his, uh, we should also, like J. Edgar Comey, I think he has taken the place of one of the worst FBI directors. That's a, that's a great
0: line for him, actually. I've, uh, I've heard and others except, use it. I didn't think of it. You know, I call him the, you know, he thinks he's a superhero in his own mind. Higher honor. Uh, uh, lowest common denominator is more likely, like it. He's done more damage to the, the world's premier law enforcement agency. In a oh, short period hurting. of time. it's it, it, the, the agents I know, the agents I talk to, the people that do the hard work every day, they are disgusted by all of it because they do they actually do things, quote, by the book. Not the way Susan Rice did her CYA memo, but really by the book. Uh, good call, Leanne. We appreciate you being with us. 800-941-SHAWN if you want to be a part of the program. All right, let's get back to our phones. Uh, in, we'll stay in Texas. Eric is next. Eric, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir.
8: Hey, I'm doing fine. Thanks, Sean. What's going on? Uh, well, I'm a general contractor. Shutdown is a hot mess. We need to reopen.
0: <laughs> well, you do need to reopen. Are you prevented totally from opening, or do you have certain criteria that you can use to to open your business?
8: Uh, not really. We have about 75% of our suppliers that are available and open, and the other 25% make the job completion prohibited. So uh, basically, until everybody's open, we're shut down.
1: Well,
0: On
8: top all right, of that, so what,
0: what kind of contracting do you do?
8: Mostly residential remodeling repair.
0: So, because, I, look, I, I had recently had work done in, uh, at my place, and I'm telling you, every bit of supplies we needed, we found, and this is in New York. I'm trying to understand, what what are you not being able to get?
8: Okay, so let's take uh, apartment stairs, for example. We could get um, brackets and bolts and all that stuff, but we can't get precast steps, for example. The job is shut down. Uh, there are uh, lumber, lumber, uh, say in that case, four by twelve lumber timbers that we can't get a hold of. You know, just some materials we can't get, and if we can't get all the materials, we can't complete the job. You know. Well,
0: if there's, so, I, I would just say this. I mean, if there are, you know, if there's anybody out there that is you know that there are people in other states that are doing this work and if you're allowed to do it i might want i might encourage you and i can't guarantee you'll find it but if you can find somebody in another state that builds stairs for example or or the certain hardware uh it might just take a little more ingenuity a deeper dive hopefully you find it if you're allowed to otherwise keep your guys working uh i would encourage you to do everything you can and and by the way i saw everybody as i said earlier this weekend no masks I think it's foolish. I'm not going to tell people how to do. I think at this point in time, we should, for the sake of others, you know, just, just accept a little bit of this new normal so that we don't get the old disaster coming back, which, you know, all the doctors who've been wrong so often, I think probably have right, a chance of a rebound are always real with a virus. Uh, anyway, appreciate the call. 800 941 You want to be a part of the program. All right, back to our busy uh, telephones. Veronica is in North Carolina. Hey, Veronica, how are you? Glad you called.
9: Sure. Hi, Sean. It's been years. I think I started listening to you when I got out in the Army. You're a great patriot, and I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you. I'm glad you called, and I hope you had a good Memorial Day weekend.
9: I did. And, uh, and I also want to say, first I want to say, you need to be very, very nice to Linda, because she's a wonderful person, oh God, has a beautiful singing voice, and she helps you out a lot. Uh, I'm saying that every, on my own. No one told me to say that. Everybody thank thank me you, you Veronica. I, I,
0: I have said repeatedly I have the best team in radio and TV. Um, I concur with you, but, you know, geez. Anyway, what's on your mind today? Okay.
9: So I want to first say that North Carolina does not need to be sh- shut down. Uh, Cooper Pooper should open it up. There's no reason. It's just a political thing. The reason he's got it closed. And um, South Carolina, my daughter was there on the beaches, um, in the restaurants. They're open. There is no reason on the face of the earth that we should be closed.
0: By the way, you sound like you're as from New York in the Northeast as Linda. Just a side note, not that that matters. <laughs> well, listen, listen we, already well, see it's ha- we already see it's happening. I mean, look, my take is the American people have ascertained on their own what the real danger is, what the level of danger is. Now, on the mask part, I know we disagree, but yeah, it's only temporary. Do it for other people. That's my thinking on it, but I'm, I'm not telling people what to do, how to live their lives.
9: Can I say why, though? Why? The mask, I, I'm a compulsive researcher, and the masks are very unhealthy for us. They're, they, You know, I have um, asthma and lung issues, and if I wear a mask, it's going to make me sick. If you're sick, stay home and wear your mask or or if you're healthy when did the healthy ever have to stay home and wear a mask no no no, i'm not
0: listen the reason i'm doing it because if i got it and you have an underlying health condition with your lungs you don't want to get this so for yourself you should wear it and i would like that others would be thoughtful to this thing is all said and done and it will get said and done faster i think if we do it that way but you know, look, everyone make up their own minds. I want to go to a baseball game, and if it means wearing a mask, I'll wear the stupid mask. I want to go to a football game. I want to get outside. I want a, I want a normal life again like everybody else. Um, but if we protect others for an interim period, I don't mind doing it. That's my honest opinion.
1: Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. If it keeps going the way I'm going, and Ratcliffe is fantastic, if it keeps going the way it's going... I have a chance to break the deep state. It's a vicious group of people, and now I beat them on the insurance policy, and now they're being exposed. Comey is a dirty cop. McCabe, bad guy. These are all bad guy. Uh, Lisa Page and Struck, this these are the two lovers, right? And they used public, they used public servers. They put it out public because they didn't want anybody to see, you know, like spouses, etc., to see that they were having an affair. And because they did that, they got caught. Uh, tremendous things have happened. They forged documents, we caught them. They have people that have forged documents. Uh, I would like to see it move much faster, I'll be honest with you. To me, I don't need any more information. I know, and I purposely stayed out of it, other than I appoint people, i purposely stayed out of it. But I'll tell you what, what they've done, if this were President Obama, if this were a democrat instead of a republican people would have been in jail for two years many people would have been in jail for two years already with a fifty year term okay fifty years Be- but we caught him now hopefully bill Barr is going to do something about it and you know what other things are going to come out too and a lot of other things are going to come out but you don't even need other things what they've done is so corrupt they've tried to take down a duly elected president of the United States happens to be, in this case, me. But we can never allow it to happen again. But let me tell you, Brennan, bad—they're all bad. Everyone, Clapper is, a, you know, not smart guy in charge of intelligence. But but here's the thing: it was impossible for it to happen without the man that sits right in that chair in the Oval Office. He knew everything. Do you believe President Obama directed the U.S. intelligence agencies to spy on you? Uh, yes, he probably directed them, but if he didn't direct them, he knew everything. Once they and you'll see find that, by the way, excuse me. you're going to see that when the papers came out. Remember the Lisa Page text to her lover saying, POTUS wants to see everything? POTUS. They're not talking about me. I wasn't president.
0: Uh, yeah, they wanted to see everything. Yep, that's what they want to know, everything in the White House. Then, of course, we have the all-important uh, January 5th, 2017, meeting in the White House. That's where Sally Yates, under sworn testimony, said, yes, yeah, she was shocked to discover when she and James Comey were held back that, in fact, uh, Barack Obama knew everything about the unmasking of General Flint. every single detail about it, the same day that his own chief of staff, Obama's, uh, called for the unmasking of Flynn. That was the Dennis McDonough uh, unmasking that took place. Uh, 49 unmaskings, 300% increase in, in the final years of the Obama administration, something we'd never seen before. Now we have just com. They had a report this weekend. The FBI opened up the Russia probe on the third-hand suggestion of collusion, according to the classified memos. And a former FBI executive saying it, it shows the probe never should have been opened up, quote, in a million years. Now we've got Judge Emmett Sullivan in the case. Now he, he now has to explain something that rarely, if ever, and I can't remember happening. And, and that is he has to respond to a petition uh, by Flynn, that, you know, according to uh, Attorney General Whitaker, You know, there's no discretion whatsoever uh, that Judge Emmett Sullivan has here. Now he's hired, interestingly enough, Justice Kavanaugh's attorney. Uh, Then we had another piece by JustTheNews.com, and this goes to the heart of what the president was addressing here. The FBI documents that put Barack Obama in the Obamagate narrative. John Solomon, JustTheNews.com, Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, author of two bestsellers, Russia Hoax and Witch Hunt. Uh, welcome back, both of you. Let's talk about how these documents that put Obama in this narrative right in the Oval Office, uh, John Solomon.
10: Yep, so this morning I put into the public for the first time text messages that uh, Stroke and Page had that were never given to Flynn's lawyers, not released to the public. They occurred on January 3rd, 2017, so 17 days before Trump's about to take office, and they show that uh, Struck uh, and Page and their boss, Bill Priestap, were enormously concerned that James Clapper was about to share the Flynn intercepts, the Kisiak Russian ambassador intercepts of Flynn, with the White House, and their specific concern was if they. They're given to the White House. They're going to be weaponized politically. In fact, they used uh, you know, several terms about uh, partisan uh, edges and trying to you know, settle scores as the Obama administration was going out, of the, uh, going out of office. These are significant for two reasons. They were kept from Flynn's defense. They still don't have these documents as of this morning. And two, they really show that the FBI knew if Obama got his hands on these transcripts, Someone was going to use him to settle a score with uh, Mike Flynn.
0: Well, it seems like everything they did every step of the way was meant to sabotage this poor guy and ambush him, uh, Greg Jarrett. And you chronicle all of this in detail in your books.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, this was a probe that was shut down in early January. Suddenly, the nefarious Peter Strzok overrules it, puts a halt to it. The next day, January 5th, 2017, a couple of weeks before Trump is inaugurated, a big meeting of the White House, Obama, Biden, uh, you know, the, the misanthropes, Comey, Clapper, Brennan, Sally Yates is there, Susan Rice, and the decision is clearly made to target Flynn. And indeed, they, uh, days later, set a, a, a perjury trap to frame him for something he really didn't do. He didn't violate the law. So this has got uh, the White House fingerprints all over it. And hats off to John, as usual, comes up with valuable documents. And he's right. This one document, uh, a text message between Strzok and Lisa Page, talks about partisan axes to grind in the intelligence community. There should be no partisanship in our intel agencies. They shouldn't be weaponizing, as John points out, uh, their power, to gather intelligence and pass it along uh, to the White House. But that appears to be exactly what they were doing.
0: Well, on every level. So now we're at this whole other point. Now that it goes into the Obama White House and the Oval Office, I mean, the question is now legitimate. What do they know? When do they know it? Now, in just, uh, well, I guess next week, week, I guess, we begin the hearings uh, of Lindsey Graham and his committee. And John Solomon, he has said definitively he's going to bring a lot of these Obama top officials in and bring them under uh, serious questioning. Uh, I've I've had my sources saying almost every major figure in the scandal has now lawyered up a lot. Uh, so do they take the fifth? Do they go under oath? What's going to happen?
10: Yeah, that's going to be a great question. I think some people may take the fifth because they're under active criminal investigation by the Justice Department. Others may try to fight the subpoena. Uh, But the fundamental question that I think, given all the new evidence that has emerged and and everything that was in Greg's book a a year ago, the fundamental question that Lindsey Graham can answer is, did Barack Obama give an instruction to James Comey and the FBI to continue to pursue Mike Flynn when the agents who worked the case had determined there was no criminality, no counterintelligence threat, it should be shut down? Something happened. The weekend of January 3, 4, 2017, the weekend that I just mentioned, those text messages are flying. The FBI was on course to shut down the Mike Flynn uh, case, and then all of a sudden, there's an about face. Pete Struck is the person
0: that was who January the 4th
10: blaming the seventh floor, meaning the right. FBI leadership, Comey and McCabe. And we need to know: Did someone in the White House? Did someone convey to the FBI? Don't close down that case. I think that's going to be one of the big questions early on that Lindsey Graham is going to try to get to.
0: Well, I think between that and the Grassley, well, now we know, too, when you look at the the Grassley and Ron Johnson committee, they're now asking to change and shift the timeline to, what, January of 2016 in their search for the origins of the Russia probe. Where is that going to take him? Because I think all three of us do believe that the official start date of uh, the end of July 2016 was not the real official start date of this investigation, Greg.
4: Well, as I wrote in my book, you're right, January. um, And and it's not coincidental that it was January of 2016 that Hillary Clinton, who, of course, commissioned uh, the phony dossier, began peppering her speeches, her public speeches, as she ran for president with accusations that Trump was a Manchurian candidate, that Trump was pals with Putin and something uh, was going on there suggesting some collusion conspiracy. That seems to have been embraced by CIA Director John Brennan at the time. Uh, I think he needs to answer questions about his involvement in the Russia hoax. And then, of course, uh, they opened an investigation that Bill Barr, the attorney general, has made clear was without a legal Uh, premise or predicate. And so it should never have happened, and it later evolved into an illegitimate appointment of Robert Mueller special counsel.
0: What do we do when we get to the the timeline, Rod Rosenstein? Remember, the, the subsource of Christopher Steele was interviewed first on January 21st of 2017, Uh, But Rod Rosenstein, six months later, he's still signing the third renewal, the fourth and final FISA application. Again, the bulk of data information being a dirty dossier debunked at that point by the subsource. And then he sends a scope memo uh, as wide as it is uh, in that case to Robert Mueller. That should never have been sent based on the information we had at the time, John Solomon, nor should that fourth warrant have been signed.
10: Yeah, no, listen, that's, that's evidently clear now, particularly now that the scoping memo has been declassified and made public. You see that in August, when he's giving Mueller additional instructions of what to investigate, August of 2017, eight months after Steele's own sources disown the information attributed to them in the dossier, he's scoping areas for uh, Mueller to investigate that have already been debunked. The Carter Page trips to Russia... And the contacts with the Russians were debunked by that time and, in fact, determined to be Russian disinformation. And yet Rod Rosenstein is not only signing a, the, a fourth uh, renewal or third renewal, fourth FISA application, he's giving Robert Mueller instructions to investigate something the FBI already knows is false. It's just remarkable. It's a remarkable abuse.
0: One of the things that, Greg, that you've been doing that very few other people are doing is you're identifying specific crimes by specific people that need to be looked at. Now, unlike the IG, we know that John Durham's probe has the ability to convene a grand jury and indict some of these figures. Uh, Who would be the main people that should be looking over their shoulders uh, as of this hour?
4: I would name five people uh... comey mccabe struck and rod rosenstein and to some extent you know bob muller will be probed here as well because those five individuals continue to drive a phony investigation based largely on an anti-trump dossier that was russian disinformation that had been debunked by the fbi why do they continue to pursue this in the face of no credible evidence.
0: Do you see them being indicted?
4: Well, I, I see perhaps two or three of them being indicted. What and about
0: Brennan and Clapper? Where do they play in this? Well,
4: they're you know they're in on it as well. Uh, but it's really an FBI op. It's Comey and McCabe and Strzok.
0: Okay, but then we get into John's piece. Now it goes right into the Oval Office. Sure. What did Obama know? What did Biden know? When did they know it? Yeah. Why did Struck and Page want to know everything the White House was doing?
4: As Bill Barr, the attorney or why did
0: General they? Why, said, why did they say that the White House wants to know everything they're doing?
4: Well, because Obama wanted to know everything he was doing, but not um, every abuse of power is a uh, felony crime, as Attorney General right, stay Bill right Barr there. said a week ago.
0: Quick break. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean toll free telephone number. John Solomon and uh, Greg Jarrett with us. So, okay, just anecdotally, now we know Sally Yates, and we know that others were all involved in this unmasking, but Obama knew about it all. Where and what forum would it be appropriate, Greg Jarrett from a legal side, to question Obama about what he knew and when he knew it?
4: Well, I certainly think it would be appropriate to ask him to testify, to explain what he asked uh, the intelligence community to do, what he asked the FBI to do. But as I say, not every abuse of power is a crime, but it does appear there was a concerted effort to set up and target Flynn, which could constitute a conspiracy. So that's, I think, what Durham's looking at.
0: And your thoughts, John Solomon?
4: Yeah, listen, I think at some point the, the
10: Senate committees need to send subpoenas to the Obama archives and find out what communications were made with the president and his top aides specifically about Flynn. What were they being told? And then what things did they do immediately after they received information? I think that timeline hasn't been put together because the Obama records haven't been obtained. And I hope and expect that uh, Senator Graham and Senator Johnson, Senator Grassley will do those sort of subpoenas in the next few weeks.
0: Uh, We'll see that. What do you expect with Lindsey Graham's uh, committee? Final uh, 20 seconds, Greg Jarrett
4: i think he's going to get solid evidence uh, of uh... corruption and dishonesty on the part of people at the fbi and maybe uh, Mueller's team of partisan prosecutors.
0: Unbelievable! All right, great reporting. A lot of vindication. It's been three years plus in coming now, and uh, yeah, the mob and the media ignored all of it, and they're even ignoring it to the extent they can possibly ignore it now. They're not going to be able to ignore it forever. Eight hundred nine four one Sean. You want to be a part of this program when we come back? Wide open telephones. Eight hundred nine four one Sean. And don't forget Hannity.com for all the news information you may be missing on any. Busy given Newsday. We'll see it tonight also on Hannity, 9 Eastern on Fox. We'll continue. All right, to our busy uh, phones, we're going to go this half hour, 800 941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? Uh, great Hannity tonight at 9. No way. Is that, could this be real? Could this be a, 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 re, little literally a Hannity rewind? I don't think we've heard from our buddy, our friend Tavares. By the way, you might remember this. I think it's 1977. Hit huge song during the disco era. Uh, More than a woman. Listen. Is the official thing Could it be the real Tavares, our friend of the program that's been missing in action all these years? Where have you been? Insanity, Hannity,
2: my brother <laughs> from another mother. Yeah, I am the yeah. truck. When I heard that song, a little tear came down my left cheek. I'm wow. so happy to hear hear your voice, you I, I
0: mean, where'd you just disappear? You don't love us anymore. You got I, I, uh, we got you so rich. That you don't have time for us anymore.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, look, I i now, I got to remind I, I, people
0: I of the story, because Tavares one day, now, you weren't uh-huh. married at the time, right?
2: Uh, no, I wasn't.
0: Okay, and you had
2: a little baby, right? Uh, he was, uh, this was uh, approximately four years ago, so he was five.
0: Right, so I challenged Tavares to do something new with his life. You, he, You told me you wanted to go over the road and be a trucker, right? Right. So I arranged for you to go to trucking school. And I said this right. under, under a couple of conditions. One, you do your part. And you uh-huh. did it. Now you've been out of school all these years. How are you doing? How's, how's I know the trucking industry, we wouldn't be alive without the trucking industry. I hope you're busy.
2: Right. Right. Uh, I, when I first uh, got out of trucking school, I was blessed with a job uh, from a farmer who, uh, who, where um, he, uh, I hauled pigs. I haul chickens I all sweet potatoes and um you know the hours and things of that nature were too much um it's kind of messing up my uh, my my love life with my wife <laughs> oh, <laughs> so man. um I got, I got a local job and um, i'm working I'm, I'm still working that job i, I drive a roll off truck i also work um overnight at a group home for uh people with mental and physical disabilities that's what i used to do um i work overnight um uh, doing that so, um, you know, the whole COVID thing right now, um, you know, we have to take a uh, test and we have to get our temperature checked and uh, things of that nature. But, man, I'm blessed, highly favored. God has really shined his light on me and my family. Unfortunately, many people are not just, you know, um, not in the same situation that we are. We pray for them. And also, uh, Sean, you know, you I, I also want to thank you. You know, even though we go head up 95% of the time, we disagree, but you know when you came through for me, and uh, you you know you lit a fire up underneath me. I still do community service, you know, and nothing has changed, baby. Nothing has changed. But uh, forget about me. I, I'm, I'm worried about you doing all this, uh, uh, taking up, a, taking up, a, taking up for Trump. I'm looking <laughs> you're, at you, you're man. not you're uh, not worried I'm, about, I'm, about me. No, that was a nice I'm transition worried. to saying
0: thanks, I'm, I'm worried no about thanks, my best friend. What? Let me tell you something. In 161 days, we're going to reelect him. If the country has any sense. Hey, hey, in 161 God. days, it's all on the line. We're going to live free you know, or that, die. You know, it's a good book. You know it's that, coming but, out you, by you, me in August.
2: You know that's a lie. Because right I know now he's greeting the wheels. To say that you know uh, the election was rigged based off of this mail-in voting, he's trying. You know, he's trying to rig it right now. You know, trying to soften everybody up right now to just to say, oh yeah, you know, it was rigged. You know, come on, big all punk. right. Let's you talk about. Let's
0: talk about pre-coronavirus, post-coronavirus. If you let's deal uh-huh. with facts. He killed Baghdadi. Uh-huh. He killed Soleimani. He beat back the uh, he He beat back uh, the ISIS and Caliphate in Syria. He killed the Al Qaeda leader in Yemen. Um, Hang on. Hang on. Those are all (laughs) facts. Now he kept his promises. We had the best economy. Right. Record low unemployment for every demographic group. African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, youth unemployment, women in the workplace, African-American youth unemployment, got all that done. And if it wasn't for Donald Trump, and I live up here, Tavares, if he didn't build the hospitals and provide all of the ventilators and provide all of the gloves, the masks, the shields, and the personnel to govern this place, even doing all that, they still screwed it up in New York. He was able to, to create the largest and fastest Medical mobilization in the history of mankind, and that saved and prevented, along with the travel ban that I'm sure you like, uh, so many countless others from contracting the disease and from dying from the disease. Now, I would say that you would say, tip your hat and say, "Good job, Mr. President."
2: Why? Why would you congratulate somebody for doing something that they're supposed to do? That's like me coming in the house right well, now. I hate to tell after you, working. no. Hold on, sir. After working, I just I haven't been to sleep yet. It's like me going to my house right now and telling my wife, give me a hand clap, pat me on the back for doing what I'm supposed to do as a husband. He's not asking for it.
0: I am telling you that That I am telling you, er, you can't tip your hat. You can't even say, you know what, this president did something in record time, how he thought of the travel ban, the quarantines, the subsequent travel bans. 10 days after the first coronavirus case in the U.S. while he was being impeached um, and to pull the economy, shut down the economy. Now we have to open the economy up safely. These are challenging things. And I can tell you uh, who are you going to vote for in one hundred and sixty one days? Joe Biden. Do you really yeah. believe Joe Biden has his act together? You, you, are yeah. you think he has the stamina, the mental yeah. alertness to do
2: that job? Yes. We got two uncles right now that I had to cook out. I'm voting for crazy Joe. I'm not voting for okay. angry, angry Uncle Trump. Okay, the, Trump well one of the angry. uncles is sitting in He's a chair angry.
0: and can't even put a podcast on or remember that it's Super Thursday, or remember that, hey. that that we're endowed <laughs> by the thing, you know, the thing. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by, go, you know the, you know the thing. The thing, God, the creator of everything. By the way, what did you think of this comment of his this weekend? Listen to this.
1: I'm prepared to say that I have a record of over 40 years and that I'm going to beat Joe Biden.
0: Oh, he's going to beat Joe Biden. OK, I'll agree with Joe Biden that he's going to beat Joe Biden.
2: <laughs> hey, look, hey, Sean. I'm no, 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 going no, to no, finish. no,
0: no. You can't gloss over that
2: with all the well, other I mean, I, I, things not, that he can't remember. Look, what did I just say that? That's crazy! I got two crazy uncles to 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 to, to pick from. I'm well, picking I'll the take one the one that, that actually knows what
0: day of the week it is. I'll pick the one that I, actually think, works his ass off Trump Trump and hasn't Trump been hiding in his basement for seventy days.
2: Trump watches TV all day. He watches you. He watches his best friend. <laughs> that, be, that would be that would be in the about. nighttime. He, uh, one, and, he stole my best friend. He stole my best friend. Uh, I already had to deal with uh, uh, Baby Jane. So, so this uh, is personal
0: know. for you. So you don't get enough Hannity time. That's why you're going to punish me by voting for the, the crazy Joe Biden, the ever forgetful he's one?
2: Trying, and look, he's trying to take you from coming to North Carolina also. The, the, the great governor, Roy Cooper. Yeah, Roy <laughs> Cooper, who can't guarantee
0: that they're going to be able to have a convention. You're going to lose that you convention. Want it packed you, you want to pack out,
2: Sean? With doing coronavirus, you want thousand. All right, you're breaking up on me. But listen,
0: I got to let you go, but it was good catching up with you. I'm glad your family's well. Uh, you, you, Good luck figuring out and deciphering what uh, Joe says for the rest of the world. You can be an official interpreter. Uh, all right, Jay in Florida, next, Sean Hannity Show. What's up, Jay? Hey,
10: what's going on, Sean? How you
0: doing? What's um, happening?
8: Uh, I'm incredible, man. So uh, I just wanted to call about the, uh, the Susan Rice email that she sent to herself. I think it was, yeah, I think it was a CYA email.
0: Absolutely. Um,
8: Yeah, she wrote in her book that her mother kept saying that she smelled a rat with Hillary on the Benghazi scandal. Um, And then when we we saw that the, you know, the video was just a lie and all that other good stuff and that they knew at the time that it was actually, you know, uh, a terrorist insurgency, you know, she was the one that had to go out on all the Sunday talk shows and create the lies. So she took the fall for Hillary and I think her email was to make sure that she didn't take the fall again um, for the malfeasance of the Obama administration.
0: Well, uh, she lies a lot. That's a problem on her end. So, you know, I don't think she's got a lot of credibility there. Anyway, good call. Appreciate it. Uh, Rich Chicago, Illinois. What's going on, Rich? How are you?
11: I are doing, Sean? I read
0: Excited that you guys had a going. record weekend, not a good record, unprecedented numbers of shootings. So I'm so sorry.
11: Yeah, we have, man. We have. It's been tough over here, but uh, I love the show, by the way. And I just wanted to get on uh, a subject that I wanted to introduce to you real quick. I'll take only a second. Um, my brother. This has to do with something with my brother. He ordered that uh, that drug, the hydro uh, chloroxychlorquine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I keep saying it what wrong. What do you mean he
0: ordered it? It has to be prescribed. He
11: ordered. It does, but you know what? He went online and he ordered it on eBay, which is kind of oh, funny. Boy. But that's not the crazy part. That is crazy that he did order on eBay. Um, but the crazy part is that after he ordered it, he never got the prescription. He never got the drug. Um, but FBI showed up to his house, his actual house, and knocked on the door. His wife answered, which is my sister-in-law. Um, they asked for my brother. She said he wasn't here. He was at work. They asked where he worked. She gave him the information. Uh, they went straight to his job, confronted him about it, asked him what he did. He said he ordered it. They asked him, where is it? Do you have the drug with you? He said, no, I never got it. You know, I did order it, but I never got it. And asked him some numerous questions, and then just disappeared. But these guys showed up to our house, to my sister-in-law's house, my brother's house. You see, I don't know what the law is on
0: this. Tell them, you know, next time, do it the right way. That's my advice to them, all right?
11: And, again, huge fan. Thanks for having me on your show. You're awesome. My wife loves it. Everybody loves you here. What is
0: your wife saying? Tell me what? Put your wife on the phone. I hear her. Tell him. Go ahead. Put her on. What's her name?
9: Oh, my God. Hannity, I love you so much.
0: What's your name? (laughs) Maureen. Maureen, I heard you say it in the background. Tell him. What did you want him to tell me? You tell me.
9: Then I love you. I love you. Thank you. That you speak the truth. You're for all Americans. That's what we all want.
0: I want this country successful.
9: That's it. Everybody. Black, white, whatever religion, whatever... You know, background, we're Middle Eastern, we're second generation. We mm-hmm. just want our kids to grow up and have the freedoms that we weren't allowed. And that's it. Everybody created equal.
0: We need our country back and working. And I think we've learned a lot of lessons here, some the, the really, really hard way. But I think we're getting there. As the president says in his, when he gets back to doing his rallies, we're one glorious nation under God. We are one people. Now we want to be one people that are allowed to go outside again and work again and go to baseball and football games again. So that's what we're hoping to have sooner than later. But anyway, God bless you, uh, both of you. And thanks for listening. Appreciate you being out there.
9: Thank God you. Bless. God bless you.
0: Eight hundred nine four one. Sean Crystal in the great state of Alaska. Crystal, hi. How are you? Glad you're with
3: us. Hi, how are you?
0: I'm good. What's going on?
3: Well, um, you know, we're just real excited. As a, I'm a massage therapist, and I'm real excited to be back at work. Uh, there are a lot of mandates that we have to follow, but, of course, that's understandable. But the point being, I don't have to worry about how to pay the bills. I am working.
0: Listen, I, every bit, everybody's going through this. This is a really hard time for a lot of people. Um, yes. One thing, you know, are you back, you're back at work now?
3: I am. My shop is open. I have my own oh. business and I live in a little town called Big Lake and right, uh, What's the population
0: you know, we, of Big Lake? What's your population?
3: I really couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I live here and I love it.
0: Uh yeah.
3: the people are genuine and real and but I'm about I'm about 70 miles north of Anchorage and and so Okay, that what's that the name of your business? You we'll idea. give your
0: business a plug. Uh
3: oh, well, okay. It's uh K R E K E E dash K-E-E-Dash-A-R-I, Massage Therapy. Okay. and uh, and do you go to other people's shop.
0: houses to do it? Do you do it, do you... I used to up? do
3: that, but uh, but now I, you know, unless, unless there's a reason for me to go to their house, I don't. Sometimes people get out of the hospital and they just, uh, a massage is the best way to do business, and so I will go to their house, that sort of thing, but normally you know the house call days are over <laughs> yeah <laughs> but your pop you know, by the way
0: young... we looked up your population 3350 I hope you're the only massage therapist in town because if there's competition you might be in trouble listen I hope you can get back to work maybe maybe you could start doing massages outside if it starts getting warm in Alaska I don't know if it's warm yet but hopefully sooner <laughs> Then late it's always cold there um but uh crystal just get your business up and running also you know yeah. look for ways to innovate do things you've never done before add certain things to your your repertoire um we're praying for every business person All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, We're loaded up tonight. Hannity, Fox News. We've got all angles covered. we got the deep state. Yes, it now goes into Barack Obama's Oval Office even deeper. How to open up stadiums. Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots. He'll join us. Uh, Joe Biden's stupid comments. A lot of them. I'm going to beat Joe and you ain't black and all this. we got Leo Terrell, Larry Elder. Ari Fleischer, Senator John Kennedy, John Solomon on the Deep State News. Judge Pirro, 9 Eastern, say DVR. See you tonight at 9, back here tomorrow.